Money. As soon as you even hear that word, do you feel icky, greedy, shameful, materialistic? Maybe you feel like you have to hide the fact that you make so little money in your photography business, so you spend money you don't have to look like you make more. Or maybe you think you make too much money, so you try to hide that. As a society, there's this belief that rich people are bad. Heck, even in Hollywood, the star of the movie is usually the evil, wealthy entrepreneur. So that adds to the guilt and the shame surrounding money. So as photography business owners, how do we reconcile that, my gosh, it's okay to make money? How can we avoid feeling guilty about making it, spending it, saving it, and even giving it? Well, that's what today's podcast is all about. So the real question is, how are portrait photographers like us able to run a profitable business and still put our families first? without selling digital files for cheap and working all the time. I'm Sarah Petty, your host of the Worth Every Penny Joycast, and I went from a stressed out, overworked mama with three babies to being named one of America's most profitable photographers without working my kids' lives away. Each week, I'll show you how to find and serve boutique portrait photography clients in a world where we compete with free thanks to everyone having a digital camera in their pocket. Take the first step to adding more joy and profit to your life by downloading your free photography business tools at joyofmarketing.com forward slash podcast. While I'm sure I do have some issues with money, my dad raised me really not to have that many. I remember him telling me not to live my life in a way that if my washing machine or my car broke, that I wouldn't be financially or emotionally devastated. Money's just a thing. He would tell me, don't cry about money. He said, those things will happen. So making money and saving money will allow you to remember that money's just a thing. And money can fix problems. I think that's pretty smart, isn't it? My dad passed about six years ago, and I love talking about the lessons he taught me because I feel like it really honors his life. And until I started writing this podcast, I don't think I really realized how much awesomeness that he poured into my brother and me. <laughs> Hopefully my kids will be able to say the same. But after I started coaching photographers, I started seeing so much strife about money feelings that were all over the board and still are with many of you, guilt and shame and sometimes coming right from their parents and your parents even. I've had students tell me that they were raised to believe that money is the root of all evil. I have a friend who's worked super hard in her career and has finally started making good money. She's even a single mom, but the more money she makes, the more comments her parents make to her about how evil and terrible wealthy people and rich people and people with money are. And I completely disagree because money is just a thing. And think about it. There are amazing people in the world who have money and who don't have money. And there are jerks in the world who have money and who don't have money. It doesn't define you. So I did a sort of a brain download asking myself, like, 
How did I become okay with making money and talking about money when so many people have so many issues with it? It's like this secret thing that we're not supposed to talk about and it's supposed to make us feel bad all the time. But I love serving my clients at the highest level and getting a big order. I love it when I can give a bonus to people on my team or do things for charity. So as I sat and I looked at this, I've really pinpointed seven reasons that really help me justify why I think it's a good thing for us all to make money. And I think it's important for you to make an abundance of money, every single one of you. If you were told money doesn't grow on trees or that only some people get to have money, that's just not true. You can seriously go make all of the money you desire. So I wanna share with you these seven things that motivate me to be financially strong. Number one, I really, I'm gonna get a little vulnerable here because this is really oversharing, which I do sometimes, but this is really important to me. When I first got married, and even before I got married, I really had a sense of wanting to protect my marriage. I hear so many fights that couples have, even my young friends, to my parents' friends, to people of all ages, and even reading statistics that money is one of the number one things people fight about in their relationships. And so, number one, I wanna take the pressure off my marriage, I always have. So I made the conscious decision that I wanted to do everything I could to take that financial strain off of our marriage. And, and that started, of course, with making good financial decisions not to buy things we didn't need that we couldn't afford and go into a bunch of debt for things that weren't important. Really being mindful about that, but also being part of the person that could contribute to our family's livelihood. My mom is my best friend and she was a, a librarian but decided to stay home when we were kids and she was the best mom. We had dinner on the table every night. We did crafts. It was amazing but we lived on one income and that was never an issue with them because my dad actually had two careers. He taught for 30 years at a community college and ran a business but for me I just thought I can't stay home and not generate income because I knew I wanted to do big things in my life and travel and do things. And I thought, I don't want to have to put a bunch of strain on my marriage. So I made that conscious decision that I would do everything I could to eliminate that strife in my marriage. And I, I don't know, that's really the number one thing that motivates me to be able to help provide for the things that we want, whether it's vacation or sending the kids to college, all that stuff adds up. And oh my gosh, I had three embraces at one time. <laughs> that was not fun. Number two, insurance policy. Who knows when the proverbial bus is going to hit us and <laughs> hopefully it doesn't take us out, but you know, sometimes it makes it where you can't work for a bit. And I want to make sure that I'm not living paycheck to paycheck so that if that happens, we don't get into a scary place. And I know some of you have gotten there, but it's not too late to pull yourself out of there. My dad had a heart pump put in his body up in Chicago, which is about four hours away. And it was amazing because it gave him about five extra years that we weren't, well, we didn't really think we were going to get with him. So it was such a gift, but in our small town, they couldn't service this device. So we had to take him up to Chicago a lot. My brother and I would take turns and we didn't want to leave him alone. 
and it was amazing because we couldn't have done that if we weren't entrepreneurs. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, if we worked at a job, we would be fired by now because we were taking so much time away. And while my businesses are both set up to be super flexible and we didn't really miss a beat, what if we had, right? There could come a time when I can't work and I want to make sure that I have money, you know, in savings so that I can actually take care of my health if that's what I need. I know in 2009, I broke my left hand in four places. I know I'm so uncoordinated. It was on a water slide. And as a photographer, that was painful (laughs) because I was having to use a tripod and I was propping the camera up on my big giant cast. It was terrible and it hurt. (laughs) But look, if you make more money, you're going to have that little cushion for times when you need it, right? That's what insurance is, but it's your own little insurance policy. Number three, I didn't want to rely on the government for my older years. Now, while I hope it'll be there, who knows if social security will be there to take care of all of us or the ones we love when we get older. And part of my belief in personal responsibility is that I want to plan to take care of myself and take that into my own hands instead of relying on someone else. Now, if it turns out to be there and there's extra, that's fantastic. But I want to be able to plan for that future. Saving through the 401k and other ways for retirement was something that I was taught to do in my very first job. And so the more money you make, the more security you can have. And a lot of people don't think about that when they're thinking about making money. You think about today, but let's think about tomorrow too. Number four, and just hang with me before you judge me on this one, but I didn't want to tell my kids I couldn't afford something. All right, now just listen. I would hear people say this. They, they tell their kids, oh, we can't afford that. We can't afford that. And when I was a young person, I thought, oh, what a terrible thing to say to your kids. But as an adult, I get it, right? We can't just buy our kids every little thing they want. But I think the better conversation as entrepreneurs for our children to have that conversation with them is saying, hey, look, this is our monthly budget and teaching them. This is what we have for fun activities. We can make priorities. So if you want this, we have to say no to this and get them involved in that decision-making so that they are not being told we can't afford it. Because again, that's setting our kids up to have a scarcity mindset. I want my kids to know they can afford anything if they go and they work for it. If you earn the money and you have the money and you wanna buy something fun for yourself, go ahead and do it, right? Once all of the bills are paid. But for me, it wasn't that I didn't wanna say no to things they wanted them to have. I didn't wanna say no to the things I wanted them to have, which is personal development. It's so important to me. If there was a camp they wanted to go to or a leadership program or, or things like that, they are expensive. Oh my gosh, all of the cool opportunities that are put in front of kids are fantastic. And we don't say yes to all of them just because I want my kids to see that we pick and choose and we prioritize. But also inside of me, I want to know that, oh my gosh, if a really cool opportunity comes up for my kids, I want to be able to say yes. Number five, and this is really important to me, I want to absolutely be able to shop locally no matter of the price. I love being able to support local businesses, whether it's a a nice restaurant or a clothing boutique. I don't have to be price conscious. I love lifting up other local business owners and I'm so grateful money can allow us to do that without reverting to the part of us that tells us we can find it cheaper elsewhere. It doesn't matter little voice inside my brain if we can find it cheaper elsewhere. I value these relationships and I want to support my local community. So important. 
Number six, the early version of our local community. It is so important to me to give to every child who comes knocking door to door to sell me anything. This is just a decision I made years ago to encourage young people that if they ask me to buy something, my answer is 100% yes. If it's candy, I gift it. If it's ugly, <laughs> I donate it, right? If it's a lemonade stand, I buy it. I usually don't drink it. If they're selling unattractive hand-painted rocks on the side of the road, heck yeah, I'm all over that. Because I remember being that pushy, annoying, obnoxious sales kid who got all of those looks that helped build up head trash about why salespeople were bad and why I was taking people's money. And I refuse to perpetuate that. I encourage them and I tell them, this is amazing. You are serving the world by helping people have what you're offering. So don't let the negative Nellies pull you down. And number seven, and this is so important, guys, if we do well, we can do good, right? I've always had a heart, and I know you do too, to give back and make a difference in the world, right? We want to change the world. And the older we get, it seems like the more we tell ourselves that, oh, we can't do that because we can't pay our own bills. But I realize the bigger my business gets and the more money we make, the more good things we can do in the world. We've donated $50,000 to Operation Smile, and we just donated $10,000 to OUR, Operation Underground Railroad, an amazing charity that's dedicated to stopping human trafficking. We think our lives are bad. Oh my gosh, think if you were bought and sold for labor or sex. I can't even imagine anything worse. So think of the lives that we've saved both from sex trafficking and the children who go and they get cleft palate surgery because of what we donated to Operation Smile. And we'll never meet those people. That warms my heart, right? That's lifting as we climb. We don't have to know the people we help, but gosh, what an amazing thing. And I wouldn't have been able to write a check for $50,000 or $10,000, but we did it with our industry, with a lot of you photographers, with our clients at my studio, and we've been able to make these amazing donations. We also started a local family endowment called the Petty Cash Fund, <laughs> where we give to other charities. And I started that probably 15 years ago, and it's smaller, but it keeps growing. And my plan with that is that when I'm gone, my kids will have that fund. It's not their money, but they get to decide what changes they can make in our local community to be able to give back, which that will just perpetuate giving even with my kids and their kids. And I think that's pretty cool. So at our event every February called Go Boutique Live, where we just pour awesomeness of the boutique business model into a small group of photographers, well, I say small, hundreds and hundreds of them, but one of the things we do is we have them come up on stage when they get their first $1,000 client. We call it their Julie. They get their Julie lanyard. They're worth every penny lanyard and their Julie charm. And then as they earn different levels, they get pins to put on there. And one of the pins we have is for students who have raised over $1,000 for charity. So they partner with other businesses in their community to raise money and both businesses benefit. We want them to experience the thrill of making a difference to someone who will never know them. So we brought these people up on stage if they were at the event and we celebrated them. And I wanna read their names really quickly. 
Because first, I want you to see if you know them. And secondly, I want you to watch for them because they're going to be growing in my community. These are the leaders. And hopefully it inspires you to be coming up on stage next year, getting your lanyard and getting your $1,000 pin. Here they are. Christy Ward, Donna Hall, Crystal Wiggins, Iris Jackson, Katie Redmond, Stina Stowe, Kate Connery-Burry, Amy Misakonis, Jean Lachey, Jen Pisani, Hildy Todrin, Jill Darty, Diane Daltmeyer, Karina Raznikoff, Alyssa Duncan, Jill Liebhaber, Sarah Stotsky, Mary Oates, Margaret Moore, Nicholas Phineas, and Crystal Armitage. Isn't that amazing? If you know any of those people, I hope you reach out to them and tell them you heard their name here and that they've inspired you. And I hope next year this can be you changing the world. Look, at the end of the day, will there be people who try to shame you about money? Sure. But even aside from the good you put into the world in a charitable way, what if your money affords you the opportunity to be a more joyful, happy, and fully present parent because you can afford to have your house cleaned or to find an easier way to travel instead of having to take the super cheap late night red eye flight or drive 15 hours and be exhausted for that family event or even get the extra room on vacation so you don't have to put five people in one bed and wake up exhausted for your long day of adventure. They say money can't buy happiness, which I guess is true, but money can take a lot of stress off your relationships. So why not use money to help you become your best self and put your hashtag family first? You are not a bad person if you make money. If you act like a jerk, you're a jerk whether you have money or not, right? So let go of that shame and guilt that life has thrown at you about money and make the decision that you welcome money to come into your life. Then watch what happens. Hey photographer, it's Sarah again with a quick question for you. Do you ever wonder why some photographers make $300 a session and others make $3,000? I know I did. So I dug deep into what's going on and I wrote a book for you called Worth Every Penny. You can get a free copy at joyofmarketing.com forward slash free book. Inside this book, you'll learn four ways to price your photography and why there's just one pricing strategy that attracts the best clients what to do when you need clients and why paying for ads doesn't work and what to do instead that's way cheaper. The do's and don'ts of social media, what most photographers are doing wrong that lowers their profits and what to do instead. I'm not sure there's a book on the planet that more photographers have read. 23,124 photographers have it already, so I want you to have it too. Grab your copy of the hardcover book free here. Just pay a little for shipping and handling at joyofmarketing.com forward slash free book.